The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Hey everybody, welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 11, and a timely number 11 as we're going to talk about Stranger Things. If it's your first time, welcome to the, to the cast. If you've come back, we really thank you. But again, if you're the first time listener, my name is Joe Becker and joining me, as always, my friend, Michael Diaz. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you, Joe? Very good. Um, It's going to be a fun episode, I think, for us, Stranger Things episode or season three, rather. We're going to try and get in depth here. We're going to talk about a few things and, you know, I'm excited for it because originally the... since season one, I've been in love with this with this show. I think it clearly uh, hits me as a demographic, which is probably who they want. Oh, definitely. I mean, when I first saw season one, my first thought was if Stephen King and Steven Spielberg, someone took the two of them and made a universe based out of their imaginations, that would be Stranger Things. So I, too, am the exact demographic. Absolutely. I mean, they know what they're doing. The... the the team, the Duffer brothers, they are of the same generation as us. Actually, no. And, no? They're like 10 years younger. They're like 35. Well, I'll just call myself 35 then. <laughs> <laughs> We're just chopping off years now? <laughs> yeah, why not? I didn't know that. I thought they were the same generation as I. No, they're, right. uh, they're upper edge millennials. Interesting. I know. They're not even Gen X. You know, let's talk about this overall. So we're going to get into season three. We're gonna, this is going to be spoiler filled. Michael and I did watch the entire series, so we're gonna we're gonna run through this. So if you haven't yet watched, I you know I urge you to go watch season three, binge it if you can. And we're going to talk about is binging good or not at the end of this episode. Come back and listen to the podcast. But as of right now, we're going to start with the spoilers. So Michael, I'm going to let you lead with this a little bit. What what was your overall thoughts for the season? Well, overall. I'm going to do a little background here. So, like I said, season one really grabbed me and grabbed me hard, and I loved every bit of it. Um, it became a huge uh, sensation, a phenomenon, if you will. Everyone was hyped for season two, and I have to admit, season two was a typical sophomore slump, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed season two, but even though it was just one episode longer, at nine episodes, whereas season one was eight episodes, season three was also eight episodes. I don't know. It just seemed like there was a lot more filler and buffer in season two. I don't feel like the Duffer brothers kind of knew where they were really, really why they wanted to go in season two. Right. Exactly. So it was a lot more of the same, except bigger. You know, we knew the uh, mind flare kept, you know, showing up in the background somewhere. But all that to say... I like the show, and season three, for me, was a definite step in back on the right direction. Whereas season two kind of went off a little bit. Season three, um, it, it didn't just repeat season two or even season one, um, in that we've got new enemies, new bad guys, a new antagonist, group of antagonists, and it's very 80s by making the antagonists Russians this time. Is it 80s or is it 2019? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, exactly. It's timely, but also, I mean, immediately when when the when when you had Stephen and Robin and Dustin mm-hmm. and oh, I can't remember the little girl's name now. I feel bad for that about that. But um, but initially, Stephen and Dustin and Robin, when they were trying to translate the codes from the Russian, um, the broadcasts, I I kept thinking back to movies like Ruskies. Did you ever see that in the eighties? Yeah, and I thought about, you know, um, Wolverine. What was that? Uh, oh, my gosh. C. Thomas Howell. In- oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're talking about uh, uh, Red Dawn. Red Dawn, yeah, which they remade later. But yeah, uh, there was a lot of that going on. I, I think, 
you know, I also wanted to, I, I went back to like Rocky four, like, you know, Russia, like the ultimate bad guy, which, you know, there's, there's a bad guy in this that was basically like Dolph Lundgren playing the Terminator, which was, I mean, shot for shot, some Terminator things. We're going to talk about some references later, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think overall that this season was better than season two, maybe a little lighter, Right, they're finding a nice balance with the the drama and the comedy. So it was a little bit lighter, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I didn't really. It, it took me a while to get into it, though, for this season. I don't know why. It just seemed like a little slow to get me caring about the characters again. Maybe I expected more to start, but uh, I thought maybe you know, you know, the first episode, you know, showing. Russia or I did like the twist of them showing them trying to get through the wall and you think they're in Russia, right? I mean, that, that's what it makes you feel like they're in Russia and you don't really know until chapter two that it's, Oh, that's not Russia. That's here. I, I agree. I liked how the, I liked how it began where my assumption initially was yes, that they were Americans, that it was just going to be, Oh, it's the department of energy. Once again, trying to break through that wall into the, uh, into the upside down. But then obviously they start speaking and it's Russian, but that still could have taken place in Russia. As we saw at the end of the series, there are other places where they tried to open doorways. That's true. And That's we true. know they have at least cracked it open at some, in some other places because of the, um, um, oh, the monsters, what are they called? The, uh, the Demogorgon? Thank you, the Demogorgon. They had Demogorgons they showed at the end of the season. So they've at least cracked it open in different places, but Alexei noted they didn't have the success they were looking for. So that's why they went to the source where they knew they could get a stable, open portal, a doorway. So I I like that it's, it's kind of ambiguous. Was it in Russia or were they already in the U S when they were doing that portion? Not sure. It could go either way. Yeah. I mean, it's true. We could still find out that that was the beginning because of the end. We could find out that it was that. How did you feel about Billy with such a big role that he had in that character? I'm going to, there are people that love Billy and I admit after season two, I did not like Billy and that might have to do with some personal qualms and whatnot. I growing up, you know, I would have been uh, about those kids age. I, uh, I, I, uh, no, you're far, far older than I am. I thought. <laughs> well, it takes, what, what is the eighty uh, four? So now, well, I was fourteen. Okay, see, I was only I would have been eleven. Okay, so those kids are probably in between us, actually. Ten or eleven? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Well, yeah. So right around, eh, I think they're closer to your age, and that's fine. Right. Um, Billy was everything I did not like as a as a kid growing up. I to this day can't stand hairspray cock rock. I can't stand the denim jackets and the tough gloves and the mullet hair. I mean, yeah. not to go too far off the track, but when Nirvana showed up in 90, what, 91, 92, and, you know, it smells like Teen Spirit came and killed all that shit away. That was personally a very wonderful time of my life. <laughs> so I was that not really goth kid, but I was into like the Depeche Mode, the Smiths, the Cure, that kind of stuff. So... Billy, for a character, for me, does not speak to me, and I can't stand him. Now, now that I've said that, I loved his growth and his arc in season three. Right. Because in season one, you had Steve as the two-dimensional bad guy. Season two, you get Billy as a two-dimensional bad guy who, you know, he's all those, you know, mullet having stereotypical things and also possibly a racist for not, you know, for not liking Sam's budding uh, romance that was starting to happen. But in season three, we actually get to know Billy more as a character. Yeah. It's not necessarily deep at first where we see that he's basically into quote unquote milfs. Um, he seems to have quite a bit of experience in the area, but throughout the season, we find out more about his childhood and ultimately his sacrifice at the end. So he has a great character arc. So though I can't say I love the character, I liked his development throughout season three 
and he he really grew out of that two-dimensional character that he was in season two so i didn't necessarily like him as a person but at least saw that there was still some good in him it was very much a darth vader emperor thing going on at the end when he finally you know fights against the um the emperor the brain, so to speak. yeah the brain flayer so i don't know what what's your, what's your take um I mean, I liked the character. I, I mean, I'm with you on the, the type of person that was in high school, um, minus, you know, I like a lot of the rock music I liked. I won't get in there. I was a little more into things like that. But that kind of asshole, that existed, right? Oh, yeah. And, every every, every I, high school, every grade has someone like that. Yeah. And we're supposed to hate him. That's the point. Of, that's why they made him that way. We're supposed to, you know, not feel bad for him. But then, like, other interesting things. The thing that bothers me the most is, like, the prediction of his arc is so easy that I had no doubt he was going to help in the end. I, I had zero doubt. There was no qualms. I probably would have been better off if, if he didn't, you know, and even make, and sadly, if you really want to pull some dark shit, make his sister kill him. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Because well, I, 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 but I know that this, this is this is a light thing, and I know that it's heavy, but it's also light. So I, I get it. But there was it was completely one hundred percent predictable where they were going to go with him. Um, I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you, but I, I can't say that I could predict it only because he was so. I keep saying the word two dimensional, but he was so he was just that he was a caricature in season two. So to see him actually develop and become at least a character in season three. That was interesting to me. So, I mean, I, you're right. They did. Um, I don't know. They did kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Kind of telegraph that, like you said. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it was good. It was, it good. was good. It was definitely good. I just, I, I don't know if I was surprised so much. I mean, obviously by the, that episode, I was thinking, yeah, this is pretty, he's going to do the right. Okay. Right. So it wasn't a huge surprise for me either, but I was just happy that they gave him a beefier role and he, they made him more human. So as he says, he kind of brought us through to the evil, right? He was our conduit. I did not see this. It's, it felt a little like Stepford Wives or is it Body Snatchers? I didn't see either one of those, but I think that reference to what he did was that's where I thought they were going with it. Oh, yeah, it was totally a body snatchers, the way he kept bringing people to be, you know, um, kind of absorbed into the collective. Yeah, total body snatchers moments. So let's get into the main characters and their arc fairly quickly. Our good friends, the kids, how did you feel about them this season? Did they grow enough for you? Did they Were they used more? I, I kind of feel like they weren't – I didn't feel the bond – as much as I did in prior well, seasons. And maybe that's because of they're growing up and they're forming new things and they wanted it that way, but they are growing up. And he, I will say, I liked that. The fact in season one, they were all together all the time, which made sense. Cause they were really the only ones. They were the ones that knew what was going on or had any, any kind of idea what was going on. Season two, having them all together, didn't make a lot of sense. And it was cool that they split Dustin off with Steve in season two to kind of break things up a little bit. And then obviously adding Max into the mix, you know, and then obviously having 11, you know, there full time in the group. It changed things up and it changed the dynamic. Now, you're right. They're teenagers now. They're not little kids. And it depends on how long before they do the next season, but they could look significantly different when they do season four. So I don't know that. I liked that they weren't together all the time and forced to be together. I like they were off doing different things. I think the bond is still there, but it has a very stand by me feel to it that at some point these kids are going to drift apart because that's just life right now. I mean, maybe you can throw, shed some light onto this. I had a traditional Catholic school upbringing. So unfortunately, I am part of that stereotype, which I am actually still friends with some of the people I went to grade school with, but I know that's the exception and not the rule. I know most people are not friends, you know, at age 25, 35, 45 with people that they went to grade school with. Do you have any friends that are- I do. You went to grade school I, with? I do. I do. Oh, okay. Um, Did you go to Catholic school? Not a lot. No. No, no. 
Okay. I'm a victim of really good public schools in Livonia, Michigan. So <laughs> had a great school. I, I can't complain about any of it. So no, no, I do have some, I still do. Am I buddy, buddy? Like I see him every weekend? No, but I talk through various ways. Well, that's good. Yeah. But so, but I, I see these kids growing apart and they, they need to, they should. So as to the, the individual characters, I mean, I, I just, each of them had a, you know, a beat or some growth of some sort. Uh, I'm glad to see that Lucas is getting a little bit more screen time. And though yeah. he really through his inner, you know, his relationship with Max, I like that his sister was brought in more, but as far as the kids go, what, what is Will even doing on the show anymore? Will, what he, he's the guy that just touches his neck and <gasps> the mind flayer is close. I mean, that's really all he did this whole season. They, he's they, pretty worthless. They really have not figured him out since season one, really. Right, but and I, I get why he wasn't around in season one because he was in the he was in the uh, right. upside down. At the same time, though, some of the scenes from him were very very potent. The D and D trying to play, trying to keep his friends together because he was gone for almost X amount of time, right, and was away from them, and him not jiving where everybody else is at in their life, you know, with girlfriends and whatnot, and you know. There's talk, you know, some people are trying to say that, well, there's a, a line in one of the episodes where um, I think Lucas says, you know, I can't help it if you don't like girls. Some people take it further as to say, well, maybe he's gay. But I, right. I don't think it was intended that way, but it's possible. Um, I think it was intended more of this is the time of when you're between 11 and 14 that you notice these, these things that, you know, these attractions. Oh, I think I, it's more that I, than the other, but... Who knows? Right. I, I agree with you 100%. It, it could be a – they could be establishing that he's gay later on. But I, I tend to think more along your lines. I'm – for my own personal upbringing, at 14, I was still into G.I. Joe and Star Wars. Um, um, Michael, hey, Michael, there's a little thing. We're um, in our 40s and we're still talking about Star Wars. So. <laughs> I know. But, you know, there's a period of time – when you realize, okay, maybe this stuff's not so cool, and you try to tamp that down. And that, for me, was basically 15 until about 22, 23, where I suppressed that portion of myself. I, I admit, I'm a full-on geek now, and I wear, it, you know, I, I wear it on my sleeve, and I hold my flag high. But I remember distinctly being in gym class, and I was in seventh grade, and there was this burnout kid in my class, and this girl went up, she was, we were learning volleyball and she hit the volleyball and this burnout turns and goes, man, doesn't she have a great ass? And I literally had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I get that aspect of Will in that I was, I was just not maybe physically there, but maybe emotionally, or I just wasn't mentally there. I wasn't mature enough to really be into girls yet. Now that changed, you know, not too long after. But I remember him, I just remember thinking, oh, what, what does that mean? I mean, she's got a butt, big deal. <laughs> so not to get too perverted or anything, but I, I kind of get, I, I can relate to Will in that respect, right. if that's the case. But other than that, he's really so much nothing on this show, and that's too bad. Right. I did, out of all the, you know, the boys, again, I was still drawn to Dustin. There's something about that character that uh, I hopefulness uh enthusiastic feeling that he gives um i just love watching that character oh yeah dustin's fantastic i mean he's just it's just like you said he's he's upbeat he's he's the one that really we see a lot of the show through he's the heart and soul of the show yeah it's not will and it's not lucas it's not max 11 i mean obviously she has the powers and mike um you know what? I liked Mike a lot in season one and season two. And this season, I he, he wasn't useless like Will is. Right. Mike, I got a little annoyed with. I mean, he was, I get that they're teenagers and he just wants to be with his girlfriend. He was kind of a smart ass dick. And I get that some teens are like that. Right. But I don't know. It just, uh, it, it, I wasn't feeling it this season. I don't know why. I, I, I want more from him and I don't know what I want. But I, all I know is that I didn't get it this season. I, I'm still wondering what that should have been. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I think, though, I did like the growth of Eleven, like really becoming human, I guess you could say, or learning human things. It was really, really good. Well, look at Eleven, okay? She knew she had, you know, Papa in season one. Yep. Who, you know, Matthew Modine, who was not a father to her really at all. Uh, she was stolen from her mother, which we found out, which we, you know, was alluded to and kind of noted in season one. Then she actually met, well, her mother, we, we, the audience, met her mother in season two. So since season two, he's been, she's been with Hop. So she's only really been surrounded by men. So it was nice to see her and Max bonding and Eleven forming her own personality and identity outside of the fact that she has powers and she needs to be protected by a man. To me, I, what I really got out of it this season, though, was her maybe not quite as strong as she thought she was. And she needed her friends for help. They needed they, She needed them more than they needed her, which was the opposite of the other seasons, which I thought was cool. Right. And I mean, and you hit the, um, you hit the, you hit the nail right on the head is what I'm trying to say, because when she loses her powers in the season, um, that's just telling me right now, there's a lot of opportunity for growth yet in her character in season four. Does anyone doubt that she's going to get her powers back? No, she'll get them back. I think we can, you and I can agree on that's going to happen at some point. right? I, I believe so. I believe so. For sure. But they're going to use that at least for a couple of three episodes. I would say she doesn't get her powers back um, until a quarter to halfway through the next season. That's my guess. They might, heck, they might even take it all the way to the end. Who knows? All I know is that they're going to use that as a dramatic device for her because it's going to be more about what's her identity if she doesn't have power. She was the kid that was experimented on to have these psionic powers, and now she doesn't. Who is she? Right. And who is she going to be without Hopper? I mean, now she's living with um, Will and his family. Yeah. It's going to be strange, which you buried, we buried the lead. We'll get into Hopper. That's a, that's a big, that's a big part of this. Um, Yes. I think Lucas, I don't know what they want to do with him. He hasn't changed. He's kind of like, his character hasn't changed. He has no arc um, for three seasons now. And I think that's, that's not cool. They got to do. They yeah, need to bring him up to the forefront a little more, and I don't know. I think it was time for him to do that. I I still feel like they don't push him the way that he could be pushed. Like for some reason, like Max feels more fleshed out in the shorter time she's been there than Lucas has. Like I don't think Lucas has changed. I can see that. I mean, yes, that I like he's you know in the story as Max's boyfriend, and we get that whole teenage trying to figure out you know the. Uh, the roles and how relationships work. And I enjoy that aspect of it, but you're right. We got to see a lot more about Max. I feel too, that we know Max better. And I don't want to say it because I hate, I hate to even think this, but unfortunately three seasons in now, though his presence has increased a bit, Lucas is still kind of a token character. I, no, I just, agree. That's what I'm saying. I think they need to push okay. that. You're right. And I, he needs to be much more than just, Oh, here's our black friend. Yep. You know, he obviously has a lot of interests as well. And I like, like I said, I like that they've given him more by making him Max's boyfriend, but I'd like to see more with Lucas as well. And I don't think they've developed his character as much as they should. And I don't want him to be the token black friend. I just, I don't want that. And, you know, the thing is, is that we get to learn more about his sister. Yeah. We saw her briefly a couple times in season two, and then she shows up again and man, so much personality. Right? And we learned a lot more about her too. Yeah. Super smart. Yeah. Funny. And so I'm going to kind of lead to the setting of the of the whole thing is in the mall, which is in the 80s. If anybody went through it, that was the center for running into friends, meeting friends, doing something, walking around the mall. The mall was the physical Facebook of the time. That's at least for me, it was. Uh, we'd ride our bikes up there, you know, hang out. And so having her go into the, to having Erica go into the ice cream store to see, you know, Steve and my new favorite character, Robin, we'll talk about her. She was my favorite character of the oh, season. Yeah. She's great. I just thought it was cool. They had a great setting. And I thought, you know, having how smart she was coming in, I'm going to, 
can I taste this? Can I taste that? Getting all the free ice cream. And she was a cool character. And I thought, wow, boy, they don't, they, they made her much more cooler than, than, than Lucas. Like, I, I don't know. I, I thought they could push Lucas more. Now, that's my biggest criticism of the, the main four is I don't know if they, they really pushed all the characters enough. They introduced new characters, but I don't know if they pushed the ones that we started with enough in terms of the growth on all of them because it's their journey, I think. But maybe I'm wrong. No, I think it is. I mean, that's where they started, and I think that's where it needs to go. So I think it's easy to say Dustin, he's fully fleshed out. We know enough about him. Max, she's pretty fleshed out as well. We could, you know, we could learn more about her, but Dustin, Max, Eleven, very fully formed characters. Steve, great character. Um, I mean, especially seeing his character arc, how he's changed from just the two-dimensional bad in season one to really a pretty decent guy that is realizing that without this, without his popularity, he needs to have something else to go on. He needs to have a hook. He needs to be either a better person or something other than just he was cool in high school, right? Right. I like that that conflict within him, but let's face it, Mike is just the whiny guy that really likes Eleven, and it's getting tired. Will, he's got nothing to do. Nothing to do at all. Lucas has a little bit more to do, but we want to see more. So, and then what does that leave us with their, their older siblings who... Really, we see almost nothing of this season. They were in there, but maybe it's not fair to say nothing of. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the relationship they had with Nancy and John, Jonathan, sorry. Right. It's good to see that she's strong-willed and wants to be a reporter and wants to do something with that, and that's good. But Jonathan was a whole bunch of nothing this season. Yeah, and I guess, you know, when you have eight episodes, you've got a lot to cover. To bring the story, you can't do everything for every every story. I get that, but again, like Steve didn't grow. Well, maybe he grew a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he came a little more. I, I mean, I like. I would say Steve grew. I like his character, especially that whole, that whole bathroom scene with him and Robin. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, I take that back. Steve had a good arc, and I and I. I mean, the new characters. I mean, Robin was great, and um, I also really enjoyed Carrie Elloway's coming. What a great mayor! Like just. You know, Kerry always was just always. I think he's fantastic. So to me, he was I love cool. that each of these seasons they've brought in some '80s icon of some sort. Right. First we had Matt Modine. Yeah. Last season, not only do we have Paul Reiser, but also um, our, our favorite Hobbit and Goonie. Yep. And Sean Astin. Yep. Who's they had? Some, they, now, they were in there, and both of them. Well, I know Sean Astin yep. was in, but you know, it's flashback kind of stuff. Paul Reiser showed up at the very last episode yes. again, yep. and then obviously, you know. Uh, Carrie Elway's, you know, another 80s icon. Fantastic. So it'll be fun to see who they get next season. But I want to uh, jump in and agree with you real quick that Maya Hawk coming in as Robin was a huge breath of fresh air. She was fantastic. I think every scene she was in, she just about. I, I totally agree with you. She nailed it. Like she was she was so good that I would not be surprised to see her in something else not even related to Stranger Things and kind of knock it out of the ballpark. For sure. I think she's going to go, she's going to go pretty far. I think, but she played the character well. I mean, again, super smart, um, funny. Like, I think she was funny. Like she knew she was funny, like, like, uh, intelligently funny, not slapstick, like yes. intelligently funny. Witty, witty, you would say. Yeah. But yes. Um, one character that's my favorite. We're going to get into Hopper and, and Joyce as well, but one character who is this actor always kills me. He always plays great roles. Um, was Murray Bauman the character he played by played by <laughs> Brett Gilman? But that I love that character. Now let we'll we'll bring him back in a minute as we get into the end of what happens at the end of the season uh, a little bit later on, but. In general, Murray to me is just so fantastic. Season season two and three is just, just great. Just just an off dude. Yeah, he, he always he's he's a great character actor, and he's almost always the same exact guy, which is fine. Maybe different levels of extremism and crazy. I mean, he's a little bit out there in uh, Stranger Things, 
But every time you see him on screen, he's, he's almost always the same guy. Pretty much. But hey, fun, paycheck's though. clear, man. That's right. So let's talk about, before we get into Hopper, uh, Joyce Byers, Winona Ryder, everybody's favorite. Well, not everybody's favorite, maybe 80s icon. I, it was one of my favorites, but anyways. Her character didn't feel as, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see any new growth or anything there. And that's fine. She was a good background character. She seemed a little more together, though, which is good, I think. Maybe that is the growth of her character. She's a little more – she was pretty together, whereas like season one and part two, she was a little crazier. What's your take? I agree. I, can, I, I, I agree with you. She – you know, in season one, she was a lot of the, you know, the, the freaked out mom and fighting for her kid. And that's fine, but – you know, that's a character we've seen in many other movies and shows and whatnot. So it's nice to see her. Um, I mean, she's still doing that, but it was nicer to see. It was nice to see her in a relationship with Hopper. Just they're, they're back and forth. But also, yeah, it was ultimately about, you know, protecting her child and whatnot. But she went a little bit deeper, um, you know, trying to find out what was going on. So they gave her a little bit more. Other than just you know the the freaked out mom scared right. you know, scared and screaming at the sheriff, so she didn't have a lot of character growth. But what we had, I, I thought was good. Yeah. Okay, so Hopper, as we know, okay, let's let's do this. Basically, throughout the season, we know that this monster's growing, and ultimately, it's got to be fought, and it gets fought at the mall. In our protagonists win. During that win, we lost arguably one of the better characters of the show, Hopper. And his character arc was so fantastic, I thought, throughout the season from uh, first, clearly he's trying to be cooler and he's got his, you know, Magnum PI outfit on, mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's taking a chance on dating, which was huge, right? And he went to this dinner and and Joyce doesn't show up. I mean, that was, that was, that was tough. That was a good, I, I felt for that dude, you know? And yeah. And then, you know, he, he went to Joyce and actually uh, worked with her to, you know, the, the discussion he was going to have with the kids, yeah. which ultimately he didn't exactly have the right way, but still he's trying. I'll give him credits for trying, but also still a little bit of a cliched eighties dad. Yeah. At the end of the day, we believe well he saved the day we think right and was allegedly blown up when everything went up but the letter he wrote the letter he wrote at the end right i mean that was that was that was that brought that whole to me that brought the entire season together and it was so well written and so well done and i i thought that really brought the season home for me I agree 100%. I think that letter was brilliant. However, for me, don't get me wrong, I liked it, and it did bring the season home for me as it did for you. Where it lacked power, though, for me, was that I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that Hopper's dead. Well, he may very well not be, or it could be Murray that's in the being held. But we did see him come out, did we not? I can't remember. Nope, nope. We didn't, we didn't see. All we know is that they referred to the, whoever was in that other cage, yeah, as which I thought was Murray in my head because I, I mean, he he was right next to that machine. Hopper was right next to it. He was the only the only but, thing it could be is he could be in the upside down with that Russian dude. Oh no, the Russian dude was crushed. Well, right, he was crushed and dead. No, here's here's the thing: the Duffer Brothers don't do a lot of things by accident. Right in the in the first episode. We saw the machine go fritz, and we saw people literally being disintegrated. Right. Last episode, when they, you know, they wrecked the machine, they showed all those Russians being disintegrated. They made a point to not show Hopper get disintegrated. He turns, he nods, it blows up. They didn't show a, you know, a tendril of electricity or power or anything hit him and turn him into dust. We just he turns, and then they show it explode, and the Russians all get zapped. But we don't see him get zapped, and that's on purpose. I, for my money, I think he got knocked into the upside down through the explosion, 
and popped out one of the other Russian doors. More like a portal? Yes. Maybe not immediately, but at some point, I think the Russians found him in the Upside Down um, at some point, and that's how he got out. Because- Wait a minute, though. Wait, no, no, no. You've actually stumbled upon something. Didn't Murray say something earlier in the in the season about having a hole to Russia or a hole, like a literal hole through the earth? Yeah. Well, and even Alexei noted that there were other sites that they had tried this, and but the, none of them were gonna, were as good as the one the the one that the U.S. you know Department of Energy had poked a hole in. Right, but but, but so that's why the Russians. But I think your theory is even stronger now that I remember that that it, you literally have a tunnel to the other side of the planet. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're, you're convincing yeah. me for sure that he's probably. Ninety-eight point seven percent going to be alive. Well, and let's ask this. I mean, yes, the Russians were having a lot of stuff delivered. You know, obviously being by by truck and whatnot to the mall. But the Russians were obviously also conducting incursions into there. They had you know people in suits going somewhere. What are they going? They're probably going into the upside down. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, going from uh, Indiana to one of the Russian sites hadn't already happened at some point. Right. That they knew that they were connected in some way. That's why, and like I said, they referred to um, Hopper as the American an episode or two before uh, when they were talking about him and the American. So, like I said, I'm not writing the script. I could be totally wrong. They could start season four and we might not ever see Hopper ever again. But the fact that they did not show him disintegrate, the fact that they didn't actually show his body, you know, get zapped or on the ground dead, and they made that reference. So I I believe 100% he's still alive or will be back. And that's why, you know, people talked about the emotional ending of the show and, you know, people saying, oh, my God, I cried. And for me, it was it was too much of I know he's not dead. So it wasn't that upsetting. Right. You know? Yeah, which don't get me wrong, it was an emotional scene, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's not dead, so I was all choked yeah, up. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you 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 brought me over, but I want to make sure. I hope Murray's not. <laughs> I just no, no. I, he yeah. was awesome too. So overall, I really enjoyed the season. Um, do you think? I have a question for you. Do you think they got the 80s right or is it still – is it a caricature? You know how most movies now, they look back in the 80s, they really make a caricature. But if I watch like Weird Science, <laughs> you, you you see the real thing and uh, – um, There are parts of it that are still a caricature and they always will be. Um, but I think they're much better about it than most every other show I've seen do an 80s episode. Um, because I agree. Um, the mall was a huge place when I was in junior high. Everyone was at the mall all the time. That's where you, it's like you said, it was the, the physical Facebook. That's where you went. That's where you hung out. That's where you'd scrape, you know, change together to go play uh, video games at uh, Aladdin's right. Castle or go to Orange Julius. Right. Right. Or, or if you were me, you were in seventh or eighth grade sneaking into Walden's to grab a Playboy to look at. <laughs> nice. Nice. But also, Dungeons and Dragons books and modules. I mean, that's the, where you can find that stuff. So for me, a Dungeons and Dragons, Stranger Things with their Dungeons and Dragons, that's totally 80s to me. You know, that was that was who I was as a kid. So seeing them all, seeing the old Gap logo, seeing, uh, uh, es, what was it, uh, Esprit, I can't even say it right. Esprit. Es, yeah. Esprit, thank you. Esprit. Seeing all those classic 80s places. Oh, it was fantastic. So that was really how it was, you know, a lot of the times. And I like that they don't have a lot of people wearing, the, you know, the underwear on the outside, the Madonna look. There's not a lot of people wearing neon colored clothes because really it didn't happen a lot in the 80s. It happens a lot at sorority parties where they try to right. do an 80s party. But the 80s weren't quite as colorful as they, as, or as out there as they would seem as in a reference in a yeah. Adam Sandler I, I think. My take is they got the 80s pretty darn close. They got it pretty tight. They rebuilt that mall. It felt right. People, Like you said, the people's clothing felt right. It wasn't overdone. Cars, like I look at cars all the time. 
Um, I think they did that right. Uh, so they, they're really close. They did a great job of bringing that down. I and I thought it was uh, – and I still think they do a good job. I'm wondering now – so this was 84, so they're dead smack in the middle. I wonder what time frame they'll be if there's a season three or season four rather, which begs the question to me, do we still care? Are we good? What if it stopped now? Would we, Are we upset? Do we Are we longing for season four? Is there a must-see? Is it starting to – Wayne, you know, is, is are we jumping the shark from an 80s point of view? Um, I personally want to see a season four, but I, I think they need to push it now. I don't know what that is. For some reason, Game of Thrones, something like that, kept me wanting more. And I'm worried that this is not doing that for me as much. So that, so I hope they up the game a little bit in, in season four. But maybe I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. I agree with you that if they're going to continue, which, okay, uh, what not if. We haven't heard they've canceled it, but let's face it, this show is coming back. We're coming. We're getting at least one more season. I'll say that here. Oh, right for now. sure. The Duffer, Brothers have already, the Duffer Brothers have already said that it's going to go at least four, possibly five seasons. So as of right now, we're definitely getting a season four. There's too many questions to be answered yet. Uh, number one, is Will uh, a pointless character? <laughs> sorry um but but more importantly is 11 going to get her powers back is hopper actually dead what is going on in russia there are questions to be answered yet so they're going to have to do something wildly different and i don't know how they're going to do that and that's part of the fun but they have to do something different because in season one we had the demogorgon okay it's scary it's, it's at the cool end monster yeah, but we we saw in season two that you know that they grow that you know they start off like these dog like creatures and they get bigger and bigger. So in season two, we already saw more demigorgons and we saw them at the end of the season. For me, yeah, you no, know, for me, yeah, I like fishing. this is a side note. As that was a huge character in Dungeons and Dragons in the Monster Manual, and it was a demon yes. of the demons. So how? So I always yes. called it a demo gorgon. Demogorgon. So when they say Demogorgon, I hated it. I still think they're wrong. And I'm going to say it's GIF and and it's Demogorgon. Those are my two things. I thought it was GIF. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not graphics. It's graphics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, I, I can see that how it should be. The, well, you know, it probably really is the Demogorgon. Um, but anyway, the, the kids call it the Demogorgon. What can you do? My, my point is, um, they really didn't up things too much in season two. Yes, there was the Mind Flayer, but it was kind of like the boogeyman in the back. We didn't see a lot. I mean, we, we kept seeing the Demogorgon dogs, yep. if you will. Those were really the monsters we saw. And the Mind Flayer was, you know, he kept appearing up in the sky and he looked huge. Season three, they did change him up. He wasn't just that weird kind of shadowy monster. He was really scary and awful. I, I liked that. And he looked completely different than what we saw in season two. So they did change it up. And I'm good with that. But what do we We already know that the Mind Flayer is kind right. of the boss. And that the Demogorgons are his underlings. His, you know, his, his little peons that he sends out to do his bidding. And we've already seen him take over now. Um, Billy. So we know he can do that. So what are they going to do new? I have no idea, but it has to be something different to keep our attention. So I think the story is going to have to take a pretty hard left turn at some point to keep me interested. Yeah, for me too, for sure. So just to wrap up this particular end of the uh, this part of the podcast, great season. Recommend you watch it. It's better than season two. Nothing's going to be as, probably as good as season one because it just captured the hearts and minds at that particular time. Nobody was expecting it. And when that happens, it's just hard to, to top that. Definitely watch it. Overall, really good. I would say at the end of the day, probably a, a 6.5 to 7 out of 10 for me. I agree. I, I'd say a higher 7.75, maybe on a great day, 8, but a solid 7.75. Cool. But this, this brings me to something that I'm wrestling with in terms of streaming shows and that is binging or weekly release. 
So th- what I found in myself after watching um, Stranger Things and The Boys in the last couple weeks or so, that I binge it and then I forget some things very quickly because I don't let it stew for a week. And I don't talk to friends about it for a week because I got it all done. So to me, I think binging is actually not a good thing. I, I thought it was at once. Oh, I can watch it and get it all. So I, I my end of the spectrum is I, I don't like the binging. I, I want to see weekly releases. I can see that. I can see that. And I have to admit, I, I am a binger. Uh Season when season two of uh, Stranger Things came out, we finished it within about twenty six hours. Over, you know, we started it on a Friday night and finished it on a Saturday night. So um, we tore through it pretty quickly. Uh, season three, there was more of an intention to not just tear through it. Now that said, all eight episodes, I think we finished within a week. So we were obviously watching uh, at least right. an episode a day. Um. I think we maybe took one or two nights, maybe one night we didn't watch an episode. So I, but I, the same thing with the boys, which right. we'll talk about next week. I tore through in about 48 hours, Right, 48 hours. I tore through that thing. So you're hundred percent right in the fact that I think the, the next closest thing we could think of that would uh, be a good kind of point of reference is the show lost. Lost was a genre show, very sci-fi, a lot of discussion, and that came out weekly, and that brought in the Absolutely. water cooler effect. People people would go online and discuss it. People would go into chat rooms and discuss it. People would post websites with all their theories about what was going on. And at the same time, the day after Lost came out, people would be sitting around the water cooler at the break room and work talking about, did you see this? What do you think this means? What's the significance of this? People would do that. The problem with these shows dropping all at once is that you can't do that because not everyone is going to be on the same page. And then you can, it's like you said, you, you go to talk about it with someone and you're like, oh my God, remember what happened is, you know, in episode two when this happened, this blew my mind. And you may have been important to you and you thought of it, but whoever you're talking to, who may be on episode four or maybe finished a series, is like, well, what, what happened in episode two again? What happened? Because everyone's watching the show at right. different stages. Well, for me too, as, as selfish as a podcaster, I can't – we could do a – you can do a side cast that you know breaks down every episode and goes through it. But if you did it on a weekly basis, we could at least talk about that episode a little bit in the podcast if that's what's happening at the time as a side note. you know. And having that break in between and talking about it with your friends and, and reading about it online or listening to another podcast – that talks about it that helps you bring you closer to it. I think you get more involved because the Game of Thrones had the country talking, the world talking at the same time, and it's that just doesn't happen a lot anymore with 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 the binging. And I think I think Netflix may change down the road, or, or at least test my. You're going to watch once Disney does Mandalorian on a weekly basis, and it shows that people will at least pay for two months straight. Because it's going to be probably eight episodes, right? And if it's eight, eight weeks, they're going to at least right. get two months of people, of money out of people. That eventually down the road, the Netflix are like, well, they can, there's a lot of stuff on here for the month and they can actually binge all this stuff and then just shut it off. And people will just do that because they're going to be so nickel and dimed from every kind of streaming service that they're going to have to find a way to do that. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm all for do the weekly, uh, the weekly drop. And um, I, I, for some things like these kind of shows, uh, I, I think binging is, is it used to be it's great for a couple or a family or something that wants to sit down and, and do it and have that experience together, but it doesn't it closes you off from the, the the broader conversation. That's that's what I don't like about it. I agree with you. Did you watch uh, Battlestar Galactica? I didn't. Ten years ago? I didn't. Okay. Well, that was similar. Not obviously quite the uh, the zeitgeist that is, you know, Game of Thrones or even what Lost was. But even with Battlestar Galactica, it came out weekly, and there were lots of twists and turns. And there, that's kind of how I started getting into podcast listening because, um, um, they would do podcast episodes about every single issue or episode, and go over the episode and what they did and 
what different scenes meant to them and whatnot. And Ronald E. Moore had these episodes. They, they were, you know, just commentaries, but you could download them. And it was, right. they were basically podcasts. And I loved that because then you could sit down, watch the episode, and then download the, the commentary slash podcast and listen to it after and get a whole new appreciation for the show. So I, I do like that. But when I'm sitting there on a Friday night and nothing else is going on and I just watched episode one of The Boys and thought that was fantastic and I just hit next. I know. It's, very easy, it's to easy to do. do, but it's not the right thing. All right. Well, that's going to that's gonna do it for this episode, number 11. Uh, a few things, a little clean house here. Want to make sure you guys know that we're going to be at the GR Comic Con November 8th through 10th. Come meet Michael and I and check out the booth. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Google, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or anywhere you want that you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a comment, check it out, tell your friends. Yeah, that's something I want to harp on here. We've been talking, you and I, back and forth. But listen, people, we're out there. We're on Twitter, uh, KyberCast. We're at KyberCast on Twitter. Uh, You can email us, uh, KyberCast at gmail.com if you want. Uh, We're also on Instagram. At Kybercast. Just because we have our opinions, uh, we want to hear what you guys think. So if you see us on Instagram, you see us on Twitter, you see us anywhere, leave a comment. Tell us what you think. Uh, is Joe full of shit? Am I full of shit? Uh, or am I right? Because we know I am. That's fine. You can come and tell me how great and right my Absolutely. opinions are. And then if you don't, if, if that's all hard <laughs> to find, just go to the Kybercast.com. It's, that is Kybercast.com and you'll find all the links to all the shows and all of our social media outlets. Michael, again, thank you for uh, another great week. I so looking forward to talking about the boys next week that, you know, so, it's so good. If anybody out there, please, li- please watch that show. Binge it. Even though I just said not to binge it, binge it before next week. <laughs> Here's the hypocrite <laughs> of me. Watch it. It's a good show. Ooh, do as I Absolutely. say. Not as I, I binged it. I'm not going right. to lie. Uh, it was there. Yeah. Yeah. I binged it too. And yeah. So, Preview for next episode. We're going to be talking about the boys. I'm seriously tempted uh, to go through it and watch the entire series. Yeah, I may do the same. Next podcast because I may do the same. There's a lot going on there. Cool. Thanks again, Michael. Talk to you next week, my friend. Have a good one.